out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. It's not just a good story. It's not just a good scripture. It's the truth as we walk along everywhere in this area. Rivers of living water shall burst forth out of our bellies. Oh, 
presence is the air I breathe, the song I sing, and the love I need. And without it, without it, I'm not living. I will exalt.
lift him up in this place and sing that song. I will exalt you. I will live my life with my gaze on you. You are my strong, strong tower. Oh. I just want to um, take this opportunity to honor this house and my family. I love you all so much. And I don't deserve anything I've got, but that's why there's grace. And I just declare that grace over your lives. I declare that you shall pursue your pursuers, in Jesus' name. And Pastor David, I just want to honor you for the open doors in my life. I want to honor you the way you just allow people to be released and minister. And um, surely I'd like to honor you too, because besides every great man of God is a great woman of God. Amen. So, not behind, besides, God didn't take the woman out of our backbone, took it out of the rib. Amen. So let's stand quickly, and I just want to pray before we, bow, before we receive the word. Pray that eyes would open and ears would open in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just open up your spirits right now. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I just see... Somebody that received a clinical prophecy and since they received that clinical prophecy from the doctor, they began to get ill. So we cancel that prophecy right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord. I see that right now. There's somebody here. I see damage, damage in somebody's knee right now that God's preparing and he's busy, he's busy doing something there right now. He's healing it. I see that. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Right now, I just see a, a spiritual embargo on somebody's finances. I believe you in this building right now. It's like the finances have been released, but they're stuck in the waters and they have not arrived at your harbor. We cancel that spiritual embargo right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I just want everybody to say this very quickly. I say, God of Elijah! Answer us by fire. Okay, now let your voice roll like thunder. Amen. Let there be fire. We didn't come here to negotiate. God of Elijah. Answer us by fire. Now just speak revival. Speak healing. Come, we came to fight. We didn't come to play. Start to confess. Start to declare. Supernatural healing is taking place in your life. Start to declare that you will break the bondage of financial, uh, financial growth. You break it right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for prosperity. Just start to declare it. Thank you, Father God, that you will answer us by fire. And you will burn everything out of our lives that does not belong to you. We thank you that you will refine us like pure gold in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Yes. And right now we just disrupt the communication of the enemy over our lives. We cut those communications right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I just thank you that your angels are surrounded round about us. Father God, I thank you that you will anoint my voice and my tongue to speak your words. Lord Jesus, I thank you that the people will open their hearts to receive what you're about to give them. Father God, I just thank you for that supernatural anointing and that presence. A, a back-breaking anointing, Father God. I thank you that we're going to pursue our pursuers, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we came here today 
and we're going to receive something and leave this building with a supernatural power. Father God, I, I just thank you for a spirit of encouragement in this place. I thank you for victory, Lord Jesus. So, Father God, we just put on a terrible strength and we invoke the Trinity and we confess the three with the faith in the one over this whole building. And we plead your blood, Father God. And we open up our hearts in Jesus' name. You can take a seat. Amen. <laughs> you know, I'm just so happy. You know, Jenny sang a song that we just love so much in Africa. Jumping into the water. Stir it up, man. Jenny really just blessed me this morning when I walked in. I heard them singing that song and I just felt like I was home. <sighs> Amen. I think maybe we should get them to sing that song again. You know, the word says God inhabits our praises. So it's like sometimes I'm busy worshiping. Whoa, I feel good. And I look at some people there. You will stay like that. You'll feel nothing. Huh? It's like you, you see witch doctors and stuff. They'll go do incantations and they'll pray and they'll even fast longer than Christians to get power. But a Christian will just pray five minutes, not even one minute. And then it's like, ah, okay. So it's like we can't even enter in. So God wants to do that in some people's lives. I see, amen. So I, I just, <laughs> unfortunately, I just, <laughs> whew, I feel the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What did he say, brother? Yes. Oh, Shando. Amen. I want to speak about two specific things today and they're going to be prophetic i hope it's for all of you and one of the things that the lord encouraged me about is it's like lord you know i'm going through things but i want to speak to your people not just speak what i'm being going through and then people confirmed that i would speak to them small small about what god's been talking to me about said, ah, you need to share that we need to hear that so i'm going to be talking about some of these things um let's see where we're going to start i think it's going to be romans 8 are you guys excited? Yes. I am, thank you. At least I know I'm not alone. Verse 28. <laughs> um, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God. To them that are called according to His purpose. Now, I was, I've read this scripture somewhere in young adults or youth this week. So they're really ready. They know what's going to happen. I think maybe they're going to give you guys some fire just now. Amen. Amen. Or you don't want fire. You do. I'm not talking about the fire in Asheville. I'm talking about Holy Ghost fire. Shandor. <laughs> um, I've been seeing some people. And you know, let me just tell you one thing. For those who are walking according to his purpose. Now, I've been noticing, and I know I'm not alone now. So people have confirmed it. I warned you. People have been going through some things, and it's just like, and I'll go to go there just now, it's like doors have shut in their lives. And no one thing that those that walk in according to his purpose, it's a spiritual law. If a door shuts, another one must open. Whichever door that is that opens to you, it's up to you. But let me tell you what, if, if you walk in according to God's purpose, I just want to tell you right now in the name of Jesus that all things are going to work out for your good. Amen. Let me tell you a story. There was this guy, maybe the 1500s, Bernard, I forget his surname. And he was an evangelist. And he always, they always used to give him this nickname, all things for the best. Something like that. All things for the best. So one day they came into his church, like they did in those old days, and they accused him of heresy while he was preaching. And the mob took him. And while they were on the way to go burn him alive, like what they did in those days, 
Um, he broke his leg. Can't remember how. Maybe they were beating him or something. And now he was. Try- they were trying to get him there with a broken leg. And they said, <laughs> "All things for the best, eh? All things for the best." Bernard looked at them. And he said, "All things for the best." Because he broke his leg. And it took time for him to get to the place where they wanted to burn him. The king that was in power at that time died on his way to that place. And the king that took the throne on that same day was a Christian, praise God. Amen. So all things are working for the best. Amen. Romans 8, verse 28. Kalimambo Jesu. Let's go to another scripture. So, we're going to talk about trouble. Because it's been troublous times. And I can tell you now... It's like, I've noticed one thing about America, and it's the same with a lot of people. It's like, we want to be comfortable, but what we don't realize about the trouble that God puts in our life is that it makes us stronger. Amen. So I look at the American people, and I see the great victory that they obtained a week ago. But it was trouble in the land that got people to pray. Some people would never be prayer warriors if their mother or their sister was not a witch. Amen. Or if your brother was not a wizard. So I saw once there was an atheist that did not believe in God, but he would say, thank God for my enemies, because if it was not for them, I would not be where I am today. So trouble is a fact of life. Job 14 verse 1. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Job 5 verse 6. Although affliction cometh not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground. Yet man is born into trouble, as the sparks fly upwards. Amen. So, one of the things is, while we're going through these times, and some of us have already got victory. Amen. And some of us, I can feel you already sitting here, I'm like, oh, if I could only have heard this message a few years ago. (laughs) These Russian scientists did this test once. Now, they took these rats, and they... um, Put them in different environments. The one group, they gave them everything they would need. No struggle. More than enough food. Nice place to sleep. Everything the rat would need. No struggle. The other group of rats, they put them in a cage and put them just out of reaching distance from cats. So the cats were tormenting those rats day and night. And they would give them just enough food to sustain themselves for life. Just enough. The interesting thing is that after some time, they noticed that the, the rats that were in, com- in the comforts, they started to lose their hair. They started to get sickly. No struggle in life. You understand? So, Jeremiah 48 verse 11, I think it is. Moab has been at ease from his youth, and he's been le- left to rest on his lees, and has not been poured from vessel to vessel. So sometimes we need to be poured from vessel to vessel. You understand? The anointing comes from crushing. That's why some people think they can just come and, you know, yes, I've had people lay hands on me and I've, I've, I've taken an impartation. In parts, not the whole thing, in parts. There's an anointing that God has for you, but He's going to have to break some things in our lives, unfortunately. Oh, man of God. I used to chill with a lot of men of God in big ministry. I always listen to what people say. I want that anointing. If you want that anointing, are you willing to walk down that road? Amen. It's like some people think it's just cheap. Like God's just going to give us stuff like it's cheap. You understand? Amen. So we don't want to be left on our leaves and we want to be poured from vessel to vessel. Now the other rats, 
every day. <laughs> the enemy is there, but they're strong. They live longer. They're healthier. You understand? So will it make you bitter or better? Will it make you weak or stronger? You understand? So why does it work according to our favor? Why? Because we know Jesus. Because we build ourselves up. Because we know the word and we know that trouble is a part of life. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8. So I, know, I looked at America and I thought, you know, even two years ago when these people were doing some things against what we believe. It's like so funny, the one of the, the, the people said to me, Ah, but how can you deny somebody the opportunity to get married to the same sex? I said, you, you're stopping them from doing what they believe. And I say, well, you guys do the same because we believe that we can't do that. Now you're forcing us to do something we don't believe in. So you are just as guilty. Amen. Hypocrites. So they want us to believe in their stuff, but then they won't let us be free. Shame. So the more they persecuted you guys, the more you prospered. The more they persecute you, the more you will prosper. And I can tell you now, we're in a gap right now. So the trouble is not over. And now, united we stand and divided we fall. I was in a pastor's meeting the other day and I told them, you know, one of the things that helped break the backbone of apartheid in my country and topple apartheid was when the church got together. I'm not saying all ministries got together. There were some that were very into the fascism and white supremacy. But the Catholics got together, the Protestants got together, the Dutch Reformers, the Pentecostals, the Baptists. Why? Because we believe in the eternal God and we believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. So I may not be a Catholic, but Mother Teresa was a saint. You understand? Praise God for her life. And I just want to tell you now that you are all saints. You don't have to die to become a saint. Paul wrote the letters and he said, unto the saints. <laughs> so it's like sometimes when people say yeah, he's a saint and then they talk about their sins he's a saint he knows God stop trying to demean yourself you're a son and a daughter of God amen 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed. Amen. Amen. Trouble is a part of life. Hmm? So if you want to get progress, you've got to go through trouble. If you want to wear a crown, you've got to pick up your cross. Amen. So David would not be the man he became if he did not have to encounter Goliath. It was the day he defeated Goliath that he won something that nobody could ever take away from him. It was the day that he defeated one enemy that to his people, that enemy was 10,000 people, not just one person. It counted for 10,000. So the greater your victory, the greater the power will be in your life. Amen. So I want to tell you, if you're going through something big right now, know that God wants to bring you big deliverance and great restoration. Amen. And I tell people this all the time, restoration is never less than double with the Lord. Amen. So some of us are having Job moments, but know that the good times are coming too. Amen. I like it. Shando. So we're going to defeat our Goliath. Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ah. Yes, what I wrote here is sometimes what you need to make you progress is to have a powerful enemy. Hmm? 
The enemy sharpens your sword and the enemy develops your skills. Huh? I think that's a good one. <laughs> so let's go to Zechariah 4 verse 10. Um, don't be afraid of small beginnings. So I heard um, this little old lady once. She was so proud of her little church. We've got such a wonderful little church. I don't have a problem against little churches. I have a problem with churches staying small. So don't be f- proud of something small. We don't serve a small God. But he does l- put us into places with his small beginnings. So we start small, we move fast, and we fulfill our destinies. Amen. So one of the things you must also realize about the enemy, the enemy is not foolish. They, know, they, know, they don't care about your prophecies. They know your prophecies. Some of them, they know what has been prophesied over your life. It's the fulfillment they're worried about. There's lots of people, they tell me their prophecies. They say, ah, very nice. I will celebrate when it gets fulfilled. Amen. So even the devils, they said, ah, they even know the word. They said, our time for judgment has not come yet. Cast us into the pigs. So they know the law. <laughs> the enemy knows the word. So when there's words spoken over your life, they're trying to stop its fulfillment that they hate. That's the thing. There's plenty of people that had wonderful words spoken over their life, but they never fulfilled it. Because you can be talented and you can be wasted. I think I said that once. I spoke about Mozart. He died at like the age of 20-something. Hmm? Jimi Hendrix, 27. Kurt Cobain. <laughs> you had a whole generation following these chaps, but they couldn't even make it past 30. Hmm? You have a whole generation who's loving all these musicians and all these role models. Oh, they sing all these wonderful love songs, but they can't even keep one marriage. <laughs> so which words have entrance into your life? Hmm? How are you going to overcome the trouble that comes before you if you've got other words in your mind? So you even see some people, they can't win victories because they hear what the world has to say about them. They don't know what God says about them. They don't know that God has doors that He wants to open for them. They don't know that God wants to bring them victory. Hmm? Let me just read some scriptures because I feel some people are going to go there and think, Ah, but no, yeah. let me just tell, read something here for you. I'll go quickly. Um, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. That's not like asking you, it's a command. So that means there's warfare. Some people, there's no spiritual warfare. We in grace. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold unto eternal life, whereunto thou thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before my witness. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. Fight the good fight of... um, uh, Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So I'm not saying that you're fighting with people or people in your life. No. When somebody's sick or they've got an injury, we don't go and beat that injury. No. We nurture it. So we don't hate the people, we hate the sickness. Does that make sense? So we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, spirits and powers. Hmm? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principles. Listen to that word wrestle. Wrestle is not like, a, a, like it's, far distant. it's not artillery. It's close combat. It's hand to hand. It's sweat and blood and tears. We wrestle 
Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hmm? A Psalm of David, 144.1. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. So now we also know that we're not serving a civilian. God is not a civilian. He's a soldier. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Amen. So now we don't need to fight for anything. I, I, that's not what I read. Amen. Maybe we just tear those pe- pieces out of the Bible. No. Amen. 1, Corin- uh, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 26. I therefore so run, not uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. So he's also telling some people they can pray, but it's just beating against the air. Inaccurate prophecies, the book of James says, they pray and they hit and they pray amiss. So Paul's saying here, we do not fight and beat against the air. Hmm? We have something that's coming up against our destiny. We have trouble in the land. Understand? So we're born to fight and we're born to fulfill our destiny. So right now, just speak that your destiny shall arise. I speak that you shall fulfill your destiny. I declare it over your lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me go back to where I was. I went on, uh, James likes to call it the rabbit trail. But don't worry, I'm not on LSD. I'm not going down there. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't you know that some of the movies they're making for your kids, they made them to de- they were designed that you should be tripping on psychedelic drugs when you watch them. Cartoon Network. There was a time in my life I stopped watching Cartoon Network for a while. And then I chilled with some of my friends on drugs and I saw the stuff they were watching. And I didn't realize that these shows were made for people that are on mushrooms and all sorts of psychedelics. I was like, they didn't let your kids watch this stuff. It's not normal. <laughs> or am I just insane? <laughs> it's crazy. Zechariah 4 verse 10. For who hath despised the day of small things? That's what I was saying previously. Revelation 3 verse 7. Now, this is a prophetic word for some people. Because God's going to do something here today. Amen. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, you don't want God to do something. God's going to do something here today in your life and he's going to bring you victory. Amen. Shandor. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia writes, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that have the key of David. Who has the key of David? Jesus Christ. He that openeth and no man shuts. If God's going to open a door that nothing can shut. Amen. And shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Romans 8 verse 28. Walking according to his will. Do you love God? So there's only one thing that's going to really stop you from getting things. You can call yourself a born again Christian. But if you've got too much sin in your life and you don't love the Lord, doors won't open. If you deny his name, it says here, to those who did not deny my name, even though they were weak, they kept my word. So God's going to open a door that no man can shut. And just like I said, sometimes doors get shut by God, but he also makes sure that another door opens. Amen. So (laughs) 
I'll tell you a story, true story. There was this um, teacher in a school, best teacher, man. The students never failed. They always got A's. He just had a supernatural ability to teach. And uh, one day this lady came to the principal and she brought her, her daughter. Her daughter had been to that school or something. She said, my daughter needs to be a part of the school and needs to work here. What can I do? What, is there anything I can do to let my daughter work here? The principal said, no, 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 we have no vacancy. She said, I don't care if there's no vacancy. You must make a vacancy. So he still denied her. So she came back every week, every week. They started to become friends. And then they started to become another type of friend. The type of friend that will now, um, yes. So, you know what this principal does? He now fires this, this teacher. And, and now the, the school, the, the teachers didn't protest because they were worried that they would also lose their jobs. Because they could see this man had now been induced by something. They could see now <laughs> the lady is in charge. Del he's fallen asleep on Delilah's lap. <laughs> they could see. So nobody protested. They let this man go. He, and you know what? He, he just he didn't protest if he just left. Didn't, didn't fight the way we think we should fight. So he just went home and he put the um, uh, notice board on his house. Home lessons, home lessons, home lessons. One month passed. <laughs> Nobody came. Two months. Now hunger started to strike him with a terrible blow. No, in Africa we don't have food stamps or Obamacare or whatever this is. If you're poor there, you're poor. Um, the type of poor that you, you poe, you can't even afford the R. <laughs> So this guy was getting hungry. Now one day this lady comes and she has these two daughters. And she spoke to the guy and, made, and she decided she wanted her daughters to go. I don't know how she heard about him or what have you. But she let her two daughters go get tutored by this man. When he was done, they got, the one got like seven distinctions. Passed everything with A's. They got, both of them got distinctions. So the, the thing that is really awesome is he didn't even know who this woman was. So she gave him a call and said, I'm really, I really appreciate the work you've done. I'd like you to come see me in my office. Here's my address, blah, 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 blah. He comes and then when he walked in, he realized that this woman was a chairman of about 14 schools. She was in charge of them. And she said, I want you to be the chairman of these schools and I want you to run them for me. So one door was shut in his life and within less than a year, another door opened. But that's not the story. The story is one day he was busy hiring and firing. He was sitting there by the table and teachers were coming in looking for jobs. Ah, you know who came in? The principal looking for a job. <laughs> That's the story. That God will prepare a table before your enemies. You understand? So some people are enemies just because of what they, who they're working for and who they have submitted to. So that's why I always tell people, you think you can get away with persecuting God's people. God is righteous. Amen. God is faithful to finish what He began in your life. So from just a teacher of one classroom, getting sacked, by the end of the year, He's now chairman of 14 different schools. That's God closing one door and opening another. Amen. I declare that over your lives. That God will supernaturally promote you. That what took some people 14, 15, 20, 30 years, it will take you one. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Where are we going next? Sure. Um, I wrote here why doors are important. Because they are a place of transition. See, some people will never get to other places in life if they don't allow transition and they don't allow some doors to open or they don't open those doors. You understand? So I find one of the biggest problems of salvation is the people get to the door of the cross. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, and the door. They get there. But then they don't know how to start getting to other doors. They don't know how to win the next battles. They don't know that the race is not over. They don't know that this is not just a hundred meter race. That this is a marathon. And I saw something awesome the other day. There was this guy from Africa, probably Ethiopian, like in the 90s or the 80s, and he came to Europe to run in the, in the Olympics. And he injured, I think he broke a, a, a bone in his leg somewhere. And it was like miles away from the finish line. He did not give up. He ran all night to get to that finish line. You know what he said? He said, my country did not send me here to start the race. They sent me here to finish it. God did not send you here to start your race. He sent you here to finish it in Jesus' name. Amen. We move through doors to get to the inside or the outside. If you go through, you either are going in or out. You go through a door to move to another room. We move through doors to get to another state of being. Did you hear that? We go through doors to get to another mode of existence. Hmm? Doors can hide and doors can reveal things. Doors can exclude and doors can include. Doors can discourage, doors can encourage. So for some, some people you can see there's the door there, but you can't see what's behind there because it has not been opened up to you. Amen. So you see some people, they're operating gifts, or some people have an ability, and you cannot do that because the door has not been opened to you. You understand? So that's why I said can encourage or can discourage. You can either be in or you can either be out. Hmm? A closed door hides things. It keeps those from the outside seeing or hearing things that are going on in the inside. So I pray God gives you an anointing to shut the ears of the enemy with that door. Because this, that's why I like praying in tongues. They don't know what we're saying. <laughs> Spiritual mysteries. It's tongues are fire. It's like I even I got so frustrated with God. I'm like, Lord, when will it ever end? Do we have to argue about tongues for a hundred years? It works and it's real. The argument is over. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you know, somebody else, God will give somebody else the grace to come preach to people about tongues. But now if somebody says, I don't believe in tongues, it's a, to, to your own detriment. You're just, you're throwing away a spear God has given you for warfare. You're throwing away an uh, armor or breastplate or a helmet or a sword. Hmm? Um, so I pray also that any evil gate man that's come up against anybody's destiny just scatters in the name of Jesus. Because I also notice one thing, you can be somewhere and think that the door's open to you, but in the spiritual world the door is not opened. So I can be a South African and I can be in America, but it does not mean I'm here. Does that make sense? It, the door is not yet open. So some people are doing things without permission. 
And the worst thing that when we do that is God will let us just carry on working in that job even though He fired us. He'll just leave us. Like He did with Saul. <laughs> Saul got fired and he carried on ruling for many more years. So we've got to understand that spiritual thing. Doors. Some people can try and enter doors illegally and that's what the enemy does. Because we've allowed them. But why do you think when God told them to put the blood, where did He put the blood? On the door. Hmm? Because that's the entrance. Shando. Um, yes, Lord. Josh, JT, I would like you to come up here now. Short and sweet. Huh? But I'm not done. <laughs> Brother, do you have that little square thing, bro? Serenade us. <laughs> I was joking with somebody yesterday, you know, they made like a triangle thing. We should get like somebody who plays the triangle here. Yeah, hardcore, and you can even headbang. <laughs> then people will walk up to you and say, man, you're so anointed, man. I've never seen anybody play that thing like that. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe I'll join the band. <laughs> the square thing, yeah. <laughs> I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. This is a wonderful thing, but it's a scary thing. And I'll just explain some things to you. That this might sound harsh, but let me tell you one thing right now. You're not irreplaceable. Yes, you are unique and there's nobody like you, but don't think that if you disobey God, God will not be able to do what He wants to do. Time, chance, comes to everybody. I can tell you now, also just growing up in ministry, I've seen many chances squandered, many opportunities. So we've got to get one thing in our heart right that as we're about to do what God wants us to do in this time and this season because God has brought favor back into America. He's given you favor to operate the way you want to operate. Amen. So it's not going to be easy, we know, but there's, there's something that's, there's, there's this shift in the spirit. God shuts a door and He's opened another door. What we do when we get inside that room is up to us. The ball is in our court. But I can tell you now, that if you don't take the opportunity, God will replace you with somebody else, like He did Saul. Amen. So it's an opportunity, time and chance comes to everybody. Let's just stand quickly, please. Um, my friend told me a story once. I'm just going to tell you some things. And he um, got out of church one day and he was in the township in Africa. And in Africa, there's lots of 
the poor people on the side of the streets. It's like the cities in America. People begging, and you know, it's everywhere. And there was a little old lady in front of him, just sitting down with a, uh, like they have like this cardboard in front of her begging. And the Holy Spirit told my friend, go up to that woman and bow down before her and tell her I love you. Just tell her I love you. So I always tell people, the only way you can fail to be a Christian really and truly is if you fail to realize that God loves you. Because it starts at the cross, for God so loved. So God told this man, go tell this woman I love you. <laughs> so as he was walking, he said he started to think, oh, it's just like that, that, that general, that little girl told him, hey, go to Elisha. But now because of his pride, he didn't want to jump in the, in the water, you know. But now this man struggled with this. He said, God, what, what, what will they think if I do that now in public? What will they think? So he said he, he just carried on thinking so much to himself that he just walked right past her. And he says, as he got to the other side of the street, he looked behind him and there was another man that came and bowed down before that woman. So the guy looked up and looked at my friend and walked to him and he said, you know, brother, I just, I, I, I just, I just saw that woman. I just had to tell her, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He failed to do what God asked him to do, but God replaced him. If you don't want to do what God tells you to do, God will find somebody else. It's a hard fact and it's a hard truth. That's why we enter into His works. It's not our work, it's His. It's His grace. It's His mercy. Amen? <laughs> the same guy told me the one time they had a sound man there. And he got a bit upset. You know, some people, oh, yes, brother, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, we'll see how much you're with me until we have one disagreement. So that there was something that went on between them. He didn't specify. But that guy decided, oh, the prophet won't prophesy today. I won't go be, do the sound. Somebody walked into that church that day, that morning, with an engineering degree, sound engineering degree, took over. Because of that man's stubborn heart, he lost his opportunity. He lost the blessing that the Lord put in his life. He thought he could play small games and be a little child. Amen. He thought that he was working for that prophet. He didn't realize that it's God's work. It's his works. The Bible says, and, Mo and Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord to build the ark. So grace can be the ability, it can be something that can empower us to do the work that God has given us. That is a different type of grace. It's not like the unmerited favor. You understand? So some people you can see in their lives, there's a grace to do something. And lots of us have grace in our lives to do certain works. Called for great things. But we don't want to be replaced. And it's like sometimes it's so hard to do an offering message. It's like the people think you're trying to steal their money. It's, to you. it's so that it will may abound to you. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your accounts. Amen. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. So they were partaking in the grace that Paul had over his life. You understand? It's like you think that the people that didn't want to give into Paul's ministry, now Paul would be poor. No, God would send somebody else. 
The only thing you would do is just delay the work of the Lord because of your stubborn hearts. So it's like God is capable, man. He, he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So when we even do offering message and stuff, it's for your benefits. Amen? It's like I tried to preach a few times in America. People attack me about how when you throw seed, miracles happen. I'll tell you right now, the, a man of God in Africa, he was even American. I was surprised because I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to see Americans now move in this thing of knowledge. And what they did was they declared that if you bring an offering, God will bring a breakthrough in your life. The guy doesn't know me from a bar of soap. When, as I touched him with that money, he said, brother, I see you in the Carolinas. I see you in a man of God's ministry who passed away now. As he started to speak things, mysteries. If I had not obeyed the Lord and given that money and given that seed, I would not have received the prophecy that God had for me. But no, ah, they're just trying to get money. You've got to have the spirit of discernment. Obviously, there's pastors and preachers like that. Obviously, the word says that there are wolves in sheep's clothing. So where are you lacking the spirit of God where you think somebody's trying to steal your money when they're actually trying to give you an opportunity to partake in His grace? Amen. I see you in the Carolinas, brother. Ha! It's like you And he said, get ready to try. I didn't even know last year I did. Well, am I going back to America? I don't know. I just, you know. When I heard that prophecy, it's like there was a supernatural faith that came into me. A supernatural faith that you can't buy with money. When he told me about the things I'd been through. When he told me some of the, the, what exactly what that man of God had imparted into my life. I, you don't hear stuff like that every day. But it cost me something. Amen. So the same thing happened to my friend. The same one who left the lady on the streets. He, <laughs> there was these people that would come to Bulawayo, Zimbabwe and do these crusades. And they would operate in the word of knowledge like the same way I received a prophecy. And he said he had never seen something like that. He said he was in business at the time. After see, being in a service like that and feeling the anointing like that, he went home to his office. And he sat down and he wept and he said, Oh, I want it. I want it. And then God said to him, Now, tell me one thing. Is that fake? Is it demonic? Or is it real? And is it from me? He said, It's from you, God, and I want it. God told him, Okay. Take everything you made this month from this business. Go find those people and give them an offering. <laughs> Just like I said, like that general, he said he didn't want to go. He was going. He's like, I don't want to embarrass myself. So he went there and he was late. And they packed up and they were all driving out in their cars out of the stadium. And he shouted, hey, hey, I want to speak to you. They said, no, the prayers are over. We're done with prayer lines. We're done with prophecies. We, we, we're done. We're going home. They said, hey, I've got seed. I've got an offering. They stopped the car. <laughs> the one guy walked out. He said, we have been coming to Bulawayo for years. And not one person has given us an offering. For years. We have been doing this with our own finances that we obtained in America. They told him to get on his knees and they started to lay hands on him and prophesy. Shay! He was never the same again. I saw a picture of him from that year. It's like, this guy is poor and his clothes are ragged and stuff. Now he's traveling the world. 
He went to Cyprus. He was in America a month ago. I was thinking to myself, you know, God is good. But let me tell you one thing, it costs you something. You understand? Yes, the grace of God is free. It's a gift. But then when you start to operate in the anointing stuff, it takes prayer time. It takes giving. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. It's our acceptable work. It's what God has called us to do. To step into His good works. Amen. Somebody receiving something. It's God doing something right now. It's God talking to you. Amen. So we, I just want to pray for some people. And I think some people need prayer. Um, physically, spiritually, mentally. Amen. So, Devon, can you just come forward? Jabez, Eric. Any one of the youth that want to pray for people, you're welcome to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity and this life you've given us. We thank you for this work that we stepped into, this work which is yours, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your wonderful grace, your unmerited favor. So, Father God, we just thank you for your anointing to flow through this place, your fire to refine us like precious gold. We thank you for a healing presence, Lord Jesus. Father God, you are the unchangeable changer. You are the supreme power. You are the ultimate authority. You are an all-imperial power. No one can stand before your majesty. You're the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. You sat alone. Thank you, Jesus, for your power. You are August. By definition, the uncreated creator of the universe. We can't vote you in and we can't vote you out, Father God. You are theocratic. You have no predecessor and you have no successor. So, Father God, we just thank you. You have a power that cannot be insulted. Lord Jesus, there is no power that can stand before you. There is no words that can speak against your name. So, Father God, we just thank you for that authority. Right now, Lord Jesus, as people come up for prayer, that they will experience you in a whole new way, in a supernatural way. We thank you right now that the enemy has been scattered. Right now, we pick up the plunder in the name of Jesus. We take back what the enemy has stolen. So, Father God, we thank you for that anointing, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Father God, we thank you for what you've taken this nation through and how you have brought us victory. And, Father God, we know that the battle is not over, it's only just heated up, Lord Jesus. And Father God, I know that you have called me for such a time as this, but help us open up our hearts and know that it was not a mistake that we came in this building today. It was not a mistake that we were born at such a time as this, but we were called for such a time as this. But many are called, but few are chosen. So Father God, we choose to follow right now. We choose it in Jesus' name. So anybody who wants prayer, 
come forward. If you guys can just split up, make space. Thank you. Come forward now. Thank you. Come. Come, 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 come. Shake us at all of us. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. I'm no Chosen me. 